Hello and welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target show. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we're speaking with thought leaders to uncover tips to help you break down barriers that are keeping you or your business stuck. Joining me today is Blake Markham. Blake is the HR Operations Manager for Nokian Tires based in Dayton, Tennessee. Welcome, Blake. Thanks, Mike. I'm glad to have you with us today. Let me introduce you a little bit further. Blake was one of the first employees hired when Nokian Tires broke ground and ultimately started production in September of 2019. But since Blake has been part of several startups, I've asked him to share some of the things that he and his company has learned as they've ramped up Nokian Tires' first North American operation. Blake, it's good to have you with us today. Welcome again. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm noticing, did you have behind you a picture of what appears to be the facility there? Am I seeing that correctly? Yes, you're correct. So this is our facility in uh, Dayton, Tennessee. And as I'm looking at it, it looks as if you've got a relatively large solar farm as part of that. Yep. So I think we have somewhere about 8,200 uh, solar panels uh, for our solar farm. Uh, actually, it kind of has a dual purpose. It actually serves as an overhang for parking as well. So it kind of keeps the weather off our employees as they walk into the facility. Oh, that is brilliant. For those who don't know about Nokian Tires, can you share a little bit about your company, please? Sure. So um, we are based in Nokia, Finland. Uh, so that's where our headquarters are. Uh, we have three manufacturing facilities. One of those is in Nokia, Finland. Uh, one is in Sevalosk, Russia, which is right outside of St. Petersburg. And then the third and brand new facility uh, in Dayton, Tennessee. Uh, we manufacture and produce uh, both passenger car tires as well as heavy commercial tires. Uh, our plant in Dayton will primarily be focused on passenger car tires, at least for the, the near future. And there could be things coming down the road. Um, we are very, um, some of our core values are safety uh, for our end users and also sustainability. So that kind of leads into the, the solar panels. Uh, we actually here recently achieved a very coveted award uh, in terms of a lead certification level four silver for our production facility. Uh, so we actually became the first U.S. tire plant to achieve that mark. Uh, so that's something we're very, very proud of. Uh, congratulations. I know that the commitment to the environment and being a good steward is an important core value for Nokian Tires based on looking at your website. Am I reading that one correct? Yes, that is correct. You know, tire production strikes me as being a very technical manufacturing role there. Um, can you give us a sense of how does a company go from breaking ground to producing tires, what are the major steps that a company goes through to get production up and going? Well, like you said, a lot of, uh, a lot of technical aspects uh, to tire manufacturing, especially our facility, lots of automation and those type of things. Uh, but there's a, it's, a, it's a long road. Um, obviously, you have to start off by hiring your workforce alongside with the construction project. So it's when you first start off, it's essentially two different projects, right? You have someone, one part of the team is working on the construction and getting the equipment installed and all those things that go along with that. Uh, then you have another part of the organization that is focused on the people side. Uh, so just kind of walking through a little bit of our timeline, um, we actually hired our launch team uh, in April 1st of 2019. Uh, so that was a core group of around 60 employees. 
Uh, so they all started in April. Uh, we put all of those employees through a one month orientation uh, when they went through uh, OSHA 10. Uh, so they got their certification for OSHA 10. Uh, we put them through an introduction to lean manufacturing along with a whole, whole number of other things. Um, after our um, onboarding, we actually sent probably around 75% of that group over to uh, Sevilovsk, Russia, uh, which is one of our facilities that I spoke about earlier. Um, so our employees went over there for a six weeks training to really start learning how to use the equipment, right? Because we were still in construction mode, we didn't have all the equipment installed and all those, all those type of things. And we wanted to ensure that when the plant was ready, our employees were also ready. And there was not a long learning curve once everything was up and going. So that was the reasoning behind sending those employees over to Russia. Um, also, some of those, a small handful, actually got to go to Nokia Finland as well uh, to train there. Um, everyone came back uh, around the middle of June of 2019. And at that point, we really started commissioning machinery. So a large number of the equipment was installed. We still had some things uh, being installed there, but really employees getting on the machines, uh, learning how to turn them on, run them, and really just, like I said, starting the commissioning process. Um, then essentially from you know, June 2019 up until the end of 2019, those type of activities were ongoing. We did start some small production in quarter four of 2019, but nothing on a large scale, really just primarily testing our systems and making sure uh, our things were ready to go. Um, and then we actually started commercial production at the beginning of this year. You know, you mentioned forming a core team, that that core team went through at least a month of onboarding mm -hmm. And then a large portion of those went to Russia. Um, can you speak a little bit about what were you hoping to accomplish there? Obviously there's a technical aspect that goes along with onboarding and training, but tell me a little more about the cultural aspects. Yeah, so we spent a large portion of the, at least the first month really trying to build the culture that we wanted to carry uh, into the manufacturing process later down the road. So one thing we really tried to instill in our employees was ownership. Um, when you think about you know, launching a new facility, you have to have people that's bought in uh, and understand that you know, their particular role leads up into a, uh, the bigger scope, right? And owning those processes. So we spent a lot of time um, trying to install that in the, uh, or, in the orientation. Um, also just team building, right? Having that core group, everyone start on the same the same date or very close to that. And you kind of, people know, hey, we're in this together. Um, and that was part of sending people over to Russia. Obviously, yes, there was a technical standpoint in terms of learning the equipment and machinery that we couldn't do that in the US because we didn't have another facility. Um, and I doubt one of our competitors was gonna let us come in and learn how to make tires in their factories, right? So uh, obviously that was part of it, sending them to Russia, but also just the team building event uh, in that, right? So when they were in Russia, um, when they were not working, we had a lot of team building activities where they actually got to go out in St. Petersburg and see a lot of historical landmarks and those type of things. So it just built that camaraderie uh, for that core launch team. Um, so, yeah. This is fascinating. Of the two categories that you just mentioned, um, and that is ownership and team building, which ones proved to be the most challenging? Oh, good question. Um, I would say probably the ownership part of it, um, because a lot of times, you know, people can come together as a team um, and the ownership really depends on, you know, what 
kind of organizations people had worked in in the past, right? So if someone comes in, the, in, the, in with a mindset of, you know, that's not my job, or, you know, I'm on this line, don't ask me to go over here and help my you know, other employee. Um, so I would probably say ownership if, if I had to choose between the two. You spent a month in onboarding. You spent at least six weeks when they were uh, in Russia. And then they came back and began kind of ramping up. I hope this question is going to be a fair question, but did you find in the early stages that you might have made some mistakes in some of the hiring choices you made that these folks just were not the right fit? Yeah, so when we actually got back from Russia and actually, you know, employees kind of got the training wheels taken off, if you want to say it that way, and they were really having to work on equipment by themselves. Uh, we did start to see that we had probably some employees, and it kind of comes down to two different aspects. So we had some employees that were not probably technically sound enough to really efficiently run the equipment that we knew they would have to when we got full ramp up. They could probably do it now at a slower speed, but when we were in full production, they were going to struggle. Um, so that was one aspect of it. We also see more on the behavioral side of it. We had some employees that did not take that ownership, right? They didn't want to buy into the bigger picture. You know, it's not my fault. If, if only that next group would give me what I need, I would be successful, those type of attitudes. In both cases, we knew that there were going to be a handful of members of the launch team that were not going to make it um, to the end. So what we did as a, as a team is we had to take ownership, right? We had to admit uh, that the leadership team had probably chosen uh, some of the wrong people. Um, and some of that was, you know, a learning process. A lot of us that actually launched this plant did not have previous tire experience. So we didn't really know what to look for. Um, so when we actually hired the launch team, we primarily looked at previous uh, um, work history, mostly in manufacturing and education, right? Those are all fine and great, but when you get inside of a tire uh, plant, that is, those things kind of go out the window. Um, tire manufacturing is a pretty complex process with some pretty complex machines. Uh, so what we started doing uh, towards, probably towards the end, middle of the end of 2019, is we kind of went away from that. Let's just look at previous experience and education. And we actually started to sit down and, and, and try to understand what are our competencies that we need for our employees at Nokia and Tires, right? And so we started looking at, from a technical standpoint, mechanical aptitude, right? So how, how mechanically sound are you? If something breaks down, are you willing to get in there and fix it? And do you have the abilities uh, to get in there and fix it. So we started looking for that in our new employees. Uh, and then also from a behavioral standpoint, you're looking for someone with long, a strong perseverance, right? In a launch situation, things are not going to go right. And that's going to happen quite often. And you're going to have to be able to adjust. Adaptability um, or conscientiousness, that is really, really important too, right? Being able to adapt. Again, it kind of goes back to the perseverance. If things happen, am I, am I one to sit back and complain and shut down and do those type of things where am I looking for a solution? Um, so those are the two things that we started looking for um, going forward and we have been more successful. Now, there's always gonna be times when you when you hire someone and later down the road, they're not gonna work out. That's part of business. Uh, but since we have found those core competencies, we've been more successful in finding uh, employees that contribute to the team. I appreciate you sharing that and that how y'all learned and how you adapted uh, from that learning. As you were kind of laying out the timeline, uh, I got the sense that you were beginning at least um, pilot production in the fourth quarter of 2019. And I assume that you therefore were looking to kind of begin wrapping up regular production 
uh, at the beginning of 2020. Was that the original plan? Yes. So like you, like you mentioned, at the end of 2019, a lot of it was kind of prototyping and test tires, just making sure we're stressing our systems so that when we turned everything on, right, in January of 2020, we were confident that we could make com commercial production and continuously raise the volumes on a daily, weekly, monthly basis as we have went through 2020. So you start 2020 with those ambitions and then something like COVID came along. Um, how has COVID impacted y'all's plans? Well, you know, just like everyone else, or at least mostly everyone else, right? COVID has uh, threw a wrench in the entire plan, right? So like I said, our plan was to start in January and just really start increasing volume throughout 2020. Um, but like you said, COVID hit. So actually we shut down our facility uh, essentially the, the entire month of April, uh, partly due, not due to any positive cases or anything like that inside the facility, but more out of an abundance of caution uh, for our employees. And then also just looking at the global demand, right? We could see already forecasting that there was gonna be an issue um, in customers buying tires and therefore there's no reason to just build up a crazy amount of excess inventory. Uh, so we shut down uh, in April, like I said, for the entire month, and then we came back online uh, in May um, and slowly started ramping back up. A lot of our equipment and, and processes, anytime it's down for a long period of time, there's some catch up, right? Machines don't like to be shut down for a long period of time. Uh, so we came back in May and it's kind of had a slow uh, restart. And then in June, we were right back to full speed and um, had things going again. To what extent would you feel that the attention to good onboarding, the attention to good team building, the attention to a ramp up to get production quality tires, how well do you think all of that prepared you for this setback of COVID? So I would, I would say, you know, compared to launching the entire facility, COVID was probably not even on the same scale, right? So. Ever since at least I've been at Nokian, it's been challenge after challenge after challenge in terms of you know hiring people, then getting everyone to Russia, then getting everyone back from Russia, then getting the machine started. So we kind of seen it as, you know, it wasn't something that was going to break us. We've been through challenges before and we've overcome them. Um, and we're confident we'll overcome COVID as well. Well, it sounds as if this is presenting an opportunity for uh, a team that's already working well together to persevere through and be that much stronger on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, you did share with us that some of the things that y'all learned as leaders is that we may have made some mistakes. We may have put some people on this core team that were not the best fit. Um, is it possible that some of the early decisions as to people who might be on a leadership team might not have been the right choice? Yes, um, th that can be the case as well, right? So. We actually seen, uh, I kind of, they were not so much on the technical aspect that I was talking about earlier. That was more probably operators and technician level employees, but more on the behavioral type things. Uh, we did have some leaders uh, that we hired early on um, that unfortunately, um, when the pressure started to be put on in terms of ramping up the plant and you know, we're expected to hit daily numbers and those type of things, really just started to have that mentality of, if you give me what I need, I can be successful. But until then, I can't do anything. Um, so we had to make some changes there, right? And uh, get people who had the same mindset and it were part of the culture we were trying to build. When you're launching a plan, you really have one chance to establish a culture moving forward. 
if you miss that chance and you don't set the tone the way you want it to, and then you spend all this time trying to catch up. So we knew that we had to make a change immediately when those type of behaviors started to appear. Um, and that's what we did. And we got some new, some new team members on that, you know, fit the culture well. And here we are today and um, moving forward. You know, for those folks who have never been through a startup, they probably have these notions about how that works. You've given us a kind of a snapshot of what those major things that need to happen, what that requires to get up. But if you were to describe what might be some misconceptions, some myths out there about startups, what myth or myths would you want to debunk about startups? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I have any myths to debunk, but I can kind of speak to um, kind of what it takes to be part of a startup, if you if I could go that route. I think that'd be um, perfect. Being in a startup is a totally different beast, if you want to put it that way, compared to just normal operations, right? You don't, especially in our situation. So we were the first plant in the United States. So we didn't have anything, you know, we didn't have a sister plant six hours away that they had all these processes that we could take and use. You know, all these things were coming over from Russia and Finland, right? And a lot of those things were things we could use, but you know, it's a totally different culture in the US compared to Europe. And there's a language barrier and those type of things. So in terms of when you, when you have a startup and, and ours in particular, it's a lot of hard work. Um, you have to roll your sleeves up. You have to have a leadership team that are willing to do the small things, right? Um, you know, your plant managers on the floor uh, and work pants sweeping and cleaning equipment, those type of things. Um, you can't have someone that just has these grand ideas and delegates to other people. Everyone has to be part of the team. And like I said, willing to roll their sleeves up uh, and get what needs to be done, done. Because there's not anyone else to do it, right? A lot of times in a launch situation, it's very lean. Um, in terms of headcount, because you don't have you don't have volume or product going out the door to offset those costs, so they're not willing to, to staff very heavily. So, um, just a lot of hard work and adaptability and ownership. You have to own the processes. You have to own your mistakes. You have to be able to say, "Oops, you know, we made a mistake. What do we have to do to correct this?" And not be too prideful to say, "You know, I'm not changing that. I'm an expert. I've done this three times before." You need to listen to me. You can't have that type of mentality from anyone, not only leadership, but also the, even the operators on the floor, right? We're all new. We're all learning things. Um, it's okay to make mistakes as long as we don't continue to repeat them. So, That's beautifully said. Um, I would think that folks probably are simplifying what it takes to start uh, an operation. I have to be very mindful of the product that you're making it's got to be right mm -hmm. because you're putting those tires on the family vehicle and there's just no room for quality areas that can result uh, in injury or worse. Um, so uh, it sounds as if y'all have been doing a lot of things right. Um, in keeping with the theme of this podcast, can you describe a situation by which you sense that the organization maybe kind of found itself kind of stuck and if that's the case, what did y'all do to get unstuck? So I would hate to, I'm going to go back to another example that I provided earlier. Okay. Um, but the situation we found ourselves in was the situation where I was talking about earlier, where we may have been hiring, using the wrong hiring criteria. Um, like I talked about earlier, so we were only looking at previous experience and trying to relate, you know, manufacturing, just general manufacturing in the whole, right? 
Um, so once we actually started to, to know our processes and really when we went to Russia and seen how things were done and, you know, spoke with our colleagues that had been doing this for a long time, that's when we started to make the changes, right? Instead of just looking at previous experience, yes, that's important, that's great. Uh, but we started then realizing what relative previous experience there is, right? If you're just working in, you know, automotive, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can come into tire manufacturing and do the same type of work and have the same type of success. Um, so really starting to focus on those competencies that we're looking for, mechanical aptitude, perseverance, adaptability, ownership, um, and then when we started doing that and incorporated that into our hiring process, we were more successful and were able to find employees that were a better fit for us. Without I that, I think we would still, and the reason I say we were kind of stuck, right, we were not making the progress that we, we wanted to. Uh, we didn't continue to continue to see that daily output increasing, increasing, increasing because we were having issues uh, running the equipment and those type of things. You might not have been stuck, but it was slowing you down. You're not meeting the targets that you're trying to do. Exactly. It sounds as if you owned up to it, made the adjustments, learned from that, and moved on. And I think that's a credit to you and the team that you get a chance to work with. You know, Blake, you have very well summarized in a short amount of time many of the challenges that go into a startup. But if you wanted to summarize some of the things that you wanna make sure that the listeners heard you share today, what be some of the takeaways you wanna make sure that we have? Okay, yeah, sure. I would say one takeaway is, you know, when you start thinking about hiring uh, employees in, in, for a launch situation, is to really closely work with, if you have, you know, sister plants or, uh, you know, part of a bigger organization is to leverage those resources, right? Ask them, what do you look for in your employees? Um, especially if you have someone else in the United States, right? It's more closely related um, and they know the workforce and those type of things. So when you start to hire your launch team, know what you're looking for. You know, what are those competencies? What type of culture do I want to build in a year from now? I'll start hiring people today to build that culture, right? Because it doesn't happen overnight. Um, another thing is, you know, having a leadership team that is willing to, like I said earlier, roll up their sleeves and do whatever, whatever is necessary. There's going to be a lot of long days. There's going to be a lot of times where you just want to throw your hands up and say, you know, why in the world did I ever get into myself into this situation? Um, and then ownership. Um, you know, we're part of something really big. Most of the time when you're in a lot of situations, there's a lot of pressure, uh, on the, on the leadership team. Uh, but being able to own your own mistakes, like we talked about earlier, if, you, if you've made a hiring mistake, hey, let's fix it. It's not anybody's fault. Let's learn from this. Uh, it's okay. Let's not make excuses and point at someone else. So I would say, you know, those three things um, would probably be something I would want to summarize. Blake, you have been so forthright. I appreciate your willingness to share your experiences, what y'all collectively um, have learned. If our listeners want to reach out to you and connect with you online. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so they can find me on LinkedIn, um, Blake Markham. And spell that, so the last name, so they can get that correct, please. Yeah, so Markham is M-A-R-K-H-A-M. And since we're spelling, I also want to point out Nokian Tires. Um, tires is spelled a little differently. Spell the tires the way y'all spell it. So tires, we, the way we spell it is T-Y-R-E-S. 
All right, so Nokian tires, um, and I just made the connection after uh, looking into this, Nokian being uh, originally from Nokia, uh, Finland. So again, Blake, thank you for your willingness to be with us today. I really appreciate the time you spent and the insights that you have shared. Thanks, Mark. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us for this episode of Get Unstuck and On Target. We've lined up great thought leaders like Blake that I'm sure you'll enjoy getting to know. We upload the latest episode every Thursday, and I hope you'll subscribe via Apple, Spotify, or your favorite platform. But if you've been listening to my discussion with Blake and you're realizing that perhaps something's keeping you or your company stuck, let's talk. Visit unstuck.show and schedule a call. We'll explore what's got you and your company stuck and what maybe you can do to overcome that. So I wanna thank you for joining us and I hope you've picked up some tips that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.